Oh my god, James. <laughs> this is Jamie. Mom's doing talking to Alex. <laughs> Good enough. want a science podcast? No. What about a comedy science podcast? Oh yeah. Then join us at Petri Dish. I'm Sean, a PhD and cancer researcher. And I'm Nathan, his trusty sidekick and common man slash biological brother. Together we dive into the latest, hottest topics with irreverent gusto. Cannabinoids, climate change, human sexuality. Listen weekly everywhere podcasts are available to Petri Dish. Welcome to Pomegranates and Pitchforks. This is a true crime and horror podcast that brings true stories and not-so-true stories together in beautiful and disturbing harmony. I'm Alexandria Youngray with my lovely co-host, Sunshine Badon. Hello. I pronounced it even weirder than name. I did last yeah. time. <laughs> I was trying to, like, not say anything about it. <laughs> Bella. I had to, like, fight the laugh. <laughs> Oh my god, that's what I did last episode too. Yeah, I don't you know did. why I keep stumbling I on your last name. My last I have name is not that known weird. you for more than <laughs> la- half my life. Yeah, I don't know what your problem is. I'm a failure. <laughs> that's the problem. It's alright. Also, guest appearing is my lovely momster. Momster? Momster. Momster. Hello. So exciting. Tamara Young. Yay. Who sounds Hello. suspiciously similar to me suspicious yeah so good luck listeners differentiate well she'll probably be doing most of the talking right so i have no idea what we're doing so oh i was gonna have you on to tell us about uh spooky dead stars (laughs) well yeah i knew that but i don't know how like it's all gonna work because i don't know oh stuff did you not make your mom an outline why would i why would i make my mom an outline of what (laughs) mom's gonna talk about Well, obviously, she would have appreciated a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. I figured that mom had, you know, the lesson plan from Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, so I told Alex, um, this was, yeah, before Halloween-ish, yeah, um, that I was teaching a, um, that my Halloween episode of, not episode, my Class. I was describing yes. your classes episodes, episodes too. Yes. I was like, "Mom yeah. did a Halloween episode, episode for astronomy." Yep. Yep. <laughs> so in my astronomy class, it turned out that um, dead stars and the name of the chapter of the, in the textbook was literally the bizarre stellar graveyard. Right? Ooh, that's great. Um, landed. I know, right? It landed on Halloween, and so I doubled down on that, and and I was like, "And these are vampire stars, and these are zombie stars," and then we talked about about black holes and i was like this is you know purgatory and 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 then alex said this would be fun to to have you come on and do a guest appearance about about you know spooky star stuff yeah so sweet fun fact space is scary as shit girl (laughs) oh absolutely i have been plenty terrified of of space my entire life i try not to think about like really what our planet is (laughs) I don't know that whole rock hurtling through space all the crazy physics Mm -hmm. and uncertainty of it I just don't 
I yeah. I just try not to think about it, you know. <laughs> I've been I've been talking to some East Coast podcasters lately. Uh, one of them is Mike from Boston Har- Harbor Horror, who I might actually have on as a guest at some point. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, like, literally career Coast Guard. From what I can tell. Mm-hmm. So so he is like, ah, yes, the ocean is my home. <laughs> and and I, well, he probably would have said it in a more his way. <laughs> a more Bostonian way and a less like. Yeah. Says the Bostonians. And I've been talking about like, no, I am, I am a Rocky Mountains. I, I like the desert. I like being cradled by the big rocks. I don't like horizons. Horizons are too big. Yeah, that's too big. And that's I too, don't nope. like the ocean because not only is that too big, but there's living shit under me. It's too big and there's too many monsters. And even if those monsters are just toe biters, like, no. And all of that too big exists on the rock that is hurtling through space. Yeah. That is definitely too big. <laughs> yeah, definitely, right? <laughs> So, yes. so yeah, mom. So point being, right. scary space is scary. Tell us, yes. put the fear in us, <laughs> yeah, please. <totally>. <laughs> please <laughs> terrify me with with the ghouls with, of stars. With the ghouls of stars. Yeah, yeah. And so this was also kind of fun because I had just finished listening to um, Alex's um, zombies episode. Oh yeah. Right? Oh yes. And so when I was trying to come up with new names to call the stars, um, I was like, oh, and now I have zombies and now i have ghouls and now i have oh great i have all know, these things other, i can reference dead things now they, and of course these are just words that i invented they're not really except the okay i should start somewhere so vampire <laughs> stars are actually a thing yes um, <laughs> oh i was hoping they were yeah vampire stars are real and dead stars are real dead stars are real yeah so when a star um so a star like our sun has is burning hydrogen into helium via nuclear fusion in the core okay. is the sun a mass of incandescent gas plasma <laughs> <laughs> yes a gigantic nuclear, nuclear furnace, furnace. Oh. where hydrogen is fused into helium and temperatures of millions of degrees, degrees. oh millions of degrees. <laughs> that's absolutely uh-huh yes okay so when so a star <laughs> i'm sorry so- <laughs> i need to write that down uh. <laughs> So a star like ours, um, because because of the way the 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 density of the gas, not even the gas, the density of the plasma, the plasma. near the core prevents convection cells from developing. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know what convection yeah. cells Don't are? Know what a convection no. Cell okay. Is. So you know when you boil a teapot, right? Okay. And the water goes from the heats up at the bottom and then it raises to the top. Yes. Uh huh. Right. And then when it gets to the top, well, it doesn't just keep rising, right? Because then you have like, like this. Okay, it, it, so a conduction yeah, exactly. cell is okay. where it starts making the weird heat circle. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. so is like the so. is the currents of the ocean kind of like that, but but big, or is that uh, a they're completely... started they're started by convection cells, and the cool. thing that causes the uh, plate tectonics are convection cells, and the fact that we have winds blowing on the planet is convection cells, and all of yeah. So these are these are important parts of, of physics. So anyway, there is a convection layer. Um, in fact, when you look at the sun and you see the granulation, you know what I'm talking about with the granulation, right? Yeah, like it's the little, like, it's, like the waves like, and weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's 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 bubbly and spotty and yeah. things, right? 
Um, and I'm sure Alex can find pictures to put on the Instagram for the things. Can I use about. your sunflower sunspots? Does that count? <laughs> um, Mom's also an artist, guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so these these literally are the white, the lighter colored granulation spots mm-hmm. are where the fluid is rising, and then the darker colored is where it's falling. Okay, and, that makes sense. So you have. And so you have this convection cell moving the material in the sun around, right? But that's just at the top. At the core, pretty much nothing is moving. And at the layer outside of the core, pretty much nothing is moving. And the reason for this is just because of how much pressure there is holding everything down with all of the gravity, right? Okay. So at the core, you have the nuclear fusion. um, And... That will burn about ten percent of the of the total mass of the sun, and then it runs out. Okay, and you're like, but there's still ninety percent of the mass of the sun left. Why can't it burn that stuff? And the answer is because there's not a convection cell to get it back to the core, right? So it's outside the core, oh, so it can't burn it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. Okay. And- so so the stuff in the core is. A finite amount of energy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> so when it runs out of hydrogen, then it actually can start burning helium. Um, and then it, it's no longer a main sequence star. It, oh, it becomes and then a it makes giant. different kinds of... Of, 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 of colors. Of, of atoms. Yes. Yeah. That's so cool. This is how <laughs> atoms were made, guys. <laughs> anyway, so it becomes a red giant and it starts burning helium in the core instead of um, hydrogen in the core because that's what it has, right? And it actually gets a hydrogen shell outside of the helium burning uh, center. Um and it will a lot a high mass star will keep doing this mm-hmm. right so then it'll run out of high or helium at the core and start burning the next thing and and um then it'll have these layers of burning um a star like our sun uh, hydrogen's it right once it's out of I said that backwards. Helium is it once it's out of helium at the core and helium burns into carbon. Um Really? Yeah, because boron is not stable, and so it actually has to have three helium stick together to be formed oh, carbon, okay. which then makes it Cause, stable. Because hydrogen is one, uh-huh. and helium, helium is, is two, two, and carbon's 16. Car- carbon is six. Carbon's six? Well, <laughs> it has a mass of 12, but it has an atomic number of six. Well, I am super wrong, so, so <laughs> dear so you, listener. So, you, so, so you take the the you take four protons to make the helium, mm-hmm. um, and and then you have to lose two positrons, right? So, because helium has okay, okay. <laughs> I'm leaning closer, like it'll Sorry, help me I, I, somehow I, I remember high school science. I'm like to the to the chemistry of this um this is the problem yeah. whenever i talk to my mom about science mom will be like blah 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 this super weird crazy fact and i'll be like what, what? how about this and mom will go like oh my god this fucking rabbit hole and now you understand how my deep dives work her cadence and her voice tones you're talk you talk like we understand like it's simple and we should get it and i feel like i should get it i'm like yeah i know what you're talking about and i'm like no i don't know what you're talking about actually <laughs> Is, is, you know the sound. complex chemistry that you haven't learned about in 15 years. You know well, that, that that's one. That's why I say I didn't really want to get into the chemistry of yeah. it. But yeah. I, I just wanted to mention that, that what we have left at the core is carbon. Okay. Okay. 
So for a low mass star like the sun, the carbon at the core, right? So the, the way that that moves to the next thing, right, is it has to contract and get hotter, mm-hmm. okay? Um, but you also have quantum mechanics preventing it from contracting. And for a low mass star, the gravity that's pushing downwards um, to cut or pulling downwards, whatever, you know, deal with it, <laughs> to, to, to cause it to contract can't overcome the quantum mechanics that's preventing it from contracting. And so it can't get hot enough to actually ignite that carbon. And so what you have happening is the core actually just is like, and I'm done. Peace out, bro. (laughs) And then the outside just kind of goes off into space. And that inside is what's left behind is what we call a white dwarf. And then the outside is, is, we call it a planetary nebula, and this is because when we first saw them, we thought it was actually forming planets, but then later on we realized that it was actually the dead leftover of the of the star. How, oh, how did we figure out that it was one versus the other? Uh, basically by looking at what was going on around there, and we realized that this was a dead star, not a not a not a newly forming star Aww, that we were looking at. That's kind anyway, of sad. planetary nebulas are beautiful. You should look at them. Okay. Um, that'll yeah. be on our Instagram. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's one of your dead stars, right? Is is this um, white dwarf? So if you have a high mass star, then it can keep doing this nuclear fusion over and over and over again with lots and lots and lots of different layers building up on the inside of the star and that's where you get all of the rest of the elements right beyond that that, right oh for the bigger stars they can make bigger elements right yeah um that's so cool yeah but once once it gets to um so each time you're burning something heavier you're actually getting less energy out of the burn than you were with that initial hydrogen to helium because okay. something, something, law of, of the, thermal dynamics? The, 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 the mass associated with the number of nucleons um, equals mc squared, right? Oh, yes, of course. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so you have, once the center of that star becomes iron, that's actually when, if you, if you burn that, it actually loses energy. Right, um, okay. And so it'd be like if you started a fire and suddenly your house got cold, right? Oh, okay. So 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 this 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 core is supporting all of the layers above it, right? Where we have this thing burning and that thing burning. This is all being supported by the core. And so once that core runs out, um, you actually get like everything just collapses down into it, and that actually causes a a, a um, like a bounce, like a shock, right? So everything. That's falls, why there's the explosions. Goes, yeah, oh. that's cool. Because it's falling and- <laughs> in on itself with so much force that it has to like reverberate outwards. I didn't know that. That's how. Yeah, yeah. Just it's falling in so quickly, right? That when it hits the it's middle, like it just bounces again. Yeah, that's cool. Exactly, exactly. So it really is. The bigger you are, the harder you fall. <laughs> uh huh. Absolutely. Um, and so this is what we call a supernova, and this supernova, um, then it's a type two supernova, um, produces all of the rest of the elements, everything heavier than iron. Right, so your gold, your platinum, your mercury, your uranium, your 
whatever is all produced in that supernova explosion. That's so cool. Guys, I am I am high key learning so much shit right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. I didn't know so, any of this. So, so depending upon This is the only way this is gonna sound like a dumb question, but this is the only way we get those elements, like at all. Like all of the gold uh-huh, we had yep. came from supernovas exploding. Yep. I love that so much. Yes, that makes me yes. care a little that's, bit more about gold. <laughs> yeah, that's where the whole like we are all stardust thing comes from. Right, well, I've always like, heard literally, that. Yeah, we really but, couldn't be here without explosions of millions of stars over the vigilion D of expanse of forever. But really, that's where like cool. we literally came from, right? right? So the carbon and the the nitrogen and the potassium and all of that stuff that makes us up the oxygen right is oxygen this, 16 oxygen is 16 oh thank god but i was had, figuring it, out where that but, 16 came from but the the um that's the molecular mass or the atomic mass the atomic number is it, for oxygen is 8 okay anyway um (laughs) i'm fine i just was wondering where the 16 came from (laughs) yeah i found Um, it (laughs) these um in order to get out of the star and into us even though like the carbon could have been produced by a regular low mass star Mm -hmm. still would have had to have gone through a supernova explosion otherwise it would be locked in that dead core of the low mass star Oh right yeah okay so everything so not just the the gold and the platinum right but all the 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 carbon the carbon and it all came from a supernova explosion oh that's that's wild so yeah i guess that makes sense because if it's going to be in the inside of the star yeah you got to get it out somehow that's so cool the way that we mine stars is by blowing them up. <laughs> it works. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's anyway, so cool. So, so depending upon the mass of the star when it exploded, um, you'll either get that core collapsing into a neutron star, in which case the supernova explosion was so intense that it literally pushed the electrons into the protons and all you have left are are these um the 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 these neutrons right and the density of a neutron star is literally the same density as like the the nucleus of an atom oh things are that tightly packed isn't this something something how black holes yeah so so (laughs) so if it's heavier than that then even the quantum mechanics can't support it and it collapses to nothing and then right. we get it black holes. Right, it breaks physics. Yes, it, it breaks, breaks physics. physics. Anyway. With its density. Anyway, so so there you go. You have the um, your, your three dead star types, right? You have your white dwarf, which is your dead leftover core of a low mass star. You have your neutron stars, which are your dead leftover core of a high mass star, unless you have a black hole, which is... I. You, a black hole okay (laughs) okay so anyway so these are our dead stars so this is our starting point for this conversation now a vampire black a black hole is a dead star well no black holes are formed from the death of stars black holes aren't really dead stars because that would imply that they're stars which they're not right (laughs) so (laughs) anyway so a vampire star 
is a star that's in a close binary companion. So it's stars, real, so guys. stars like each other. Um, about half of the stars out there have a companion star that they're they're in a binary Aww, arrangement that's kind with. Of cute. Yeah, and as if one of the stars becomes a a red giant, then it makes it possible for the other star to literally start stealing matter from it. And so oh. that's what, yeah. So that that's um, where you get this vampire star is this one star is stealing mass from the other star. And does that and, make it so it can burn longer? Or is that just a thing that happens? Um, like just. Well, so yeah. So any, any two stars could have this relationship, mm-hmm. right? And so you end it's up with, with, yeah. So you end up with like, <laughs> So you end up with like these binary pairs. It is complicated. <laughs> you end up with these binary pairs where you have like something that appears to be a low mass star, but actually is more massive right next to something that is a red giant, but doesn't have enough mass to actually have become a red giant. Right. And, and then, so you're like, what the heck is going on here? It's because it stole. It stole its mass. Its, That's so funny. It stole okay. its mass from its neighbor. Yeah. Um, so that's an abusive relationship. It is. It is. Well, that's why it's called a vampire star. It's, it's not the cute kind of stars that are buddies. It's it's the bad it's kind. The bad kind. Anyway, so so then this is where like I then when I was lecturing about this got into the zombie stars, right? Because if you think about like, well, what is a zombie? It's when you bring somebody back from the dead, right? Mm-hmm. And so and so um, if you have a a white dwarf. Um, star that is that is a vampire star, so it's stealing mass from its neighbor. It really is undead. Right? Oh um, shit! <laughs> then, then that and a white dwarf star can do that because it's still burning a little bit. Um, the white no, so the white dwarf star isn't burning. That that's that's, that's why it's a dead star, okay. but it's it still has mass, right? right so it can okay. still mass from its neighbor. Right? Okay, okay, that's just gravity. Okay, and so. It starts stealing mass from its companion star, and and the it's stealing from the outer the, from the very outer surface of the star, right? Mm-hmm. And that is all going to be just hydrogen and helium from right. the original okay, yeah, yeah. formation of the uh-huh. star, right? Because the nuclear fusion occurs at the core, and so it's literally having hydrogen landing on this star that is white hot, and it causes nuclear fusion to begin. Sweet. So this. So yeah. So the star like comes resurrected. back to life. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's so the star cool. comes back to life. <laughs> so that's that's why I called it a zombie star. And when this happens, it's it's actually called a nova. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, yeah. So there's supernovas that are the thing that we actually like know about. Uh-huh. And then there's just regular novas. Yeah. So the ancients actually kept track of novas, and so this is. Whoa, right? so like the and, pe- and they're just Whoa. as bright as a regular star. And so what you would see is this place in the sky where there is no star, and then a star will appear, but it's just a regular brightness star, and then it'll disappear, and then because when that explosion doesn't last for very long, right? Um Okay, okay. Once once it once it's consumed, right? <laughs> right, once it has the um, hydrogen off the surface of its neighbor, then what else, it's done. So, yeah, so it steals hi- so it steals hydrogen from the surface of its neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. That lands on it, on it, yeah, and then that ignites, and that explosion actually causes the hi- that that matter to blow off again, right? Okay, okay, okay. and so 
So that, that cycle can happen for a long that. time. So it's like because yeah, you're going back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. that's why they blink. Well, blink. Yeah, yeah. So so novas are periodic. So you'll see a, the star appear and then it'll disappear. And then I don't know how long it takes before it accumulates I'm, enough mass to, to have another nova explosion. But, you know, it will. And then it'll disappear. And people were watching the sky. And they were like, hey, that star wasn't there before. So that's why it's called a nova. And then they were like, nova means new, oh, right? shit, it's gone. So it's a new star. What the That's so god? Cool. If I was an old ancient people and I was like watching the stars and I still believed in like, you know, the gods are here to fucking eat us, I would definitely think that a nova was some end times bullshit. <laughs> anyway, so then a supernova is like a zillion times. It's not really a zillion times. It's, uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I think a hundred thousand times brighter than a Nova. Um, so clearly. hundred thousand to- times bright. So, so is there like a, is it visible in the, in like the night oh, sky yeah, to the naked there's, eye? There's lots of, well, it depends on how far away it is. Okay. Right. <laughs> so there's all sorts of historical records of ancient people seeing supernovas and we can figure out exactly where these where these supernovas were seen right mm-hmm. so like um the Chaco Canyon um thing that you've seen with yes. the the moon and the hand and the and the star uh-huh. right that that's a supernova that was recorded both by the um Anasazi, is that correct? Anasazi, is that Chaco Canyon? I don't remember Um, where they're from. Okay. Um, And also the Chinese. And that's how we know it was a supernova. (gasps) Because multiple people saw it. Because the Chinese had like really good records, right? right? And so we were able to look at the Chinese records and say, oh, the star pattern here that is recorded in Chaco Canyon is the same star pattern that the Chinese recorded. That's super cool. Yeah. I know, I know. I right? love that so, so much. So this is this is science, ancient history. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. No, astronomy is amazing. There has not been a society that has not independently developed astronomy. That's really cool. Because like I've I've definitely heard about like um, I mean blah blah blah. The Mayan calendar is uh-huh. obviously infamous because yeah. we were all gonna die in 2012 because that's how far they mapped. Yep. Um. <laughs> But, but yeah, no, that's such a weird, rich history is people watching the sky and being like, what in the fuck? <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, so that, that's one way that you can have this zombie star, right? Is, is the, the, the white dwarf is a vampire star that then comes back to life. Um, neutron stars will do the same thing, but when That they- was the one that you tried to explain to me? Yeah. Okay. But, but when did because, you hear how how neutron defeated stars are, that sounded from my mouth? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are are so much hotter than than a white dwarf when the 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 hydrogen lands on the neutron star, it explodes in what's called an X-ray burst mm-hmm. um, because the the energy is is well beyond visible. It's it's too hot to be visible. It's it's up in the X-ray range. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so those are... How do you even... Did they x-ray the sky? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) 
You can x-ray the sky? No, you, you, you collect x-rays from, from the sky. The, so these telescopes are in space. What? Um, we have you several of them. from um, the sky. Chandra, New Star. I don't um, know any of this I can't think of any other names on the, off the top of my head. And, and a lot of stuff emit, emits radiation in the x-ray range. Oh, my God. And so, so we didn't know about this. Like the the super 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 duper stars until like wicked recent. Oh yeah. Um, what? So what? neutron stars were actually discovered by Dame Jocelyn Bell Burnell, who you've heard me talk about. Oh, and, and because is that the lady you met? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. My God. oh that's why you were so excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, and and she was. Yeah, so she discovered pulsars, um, which are which are neutron stars. Um, but but neut- yeah, because so I didn't talk about conservation of angular momentum at all. But when um, <laughs> obviously, but, but, <laughs> but uh, right, you all you all know what conservation of angular momentum is, right? You've seen yes, an of ice course. skater, of oh, course okay. you do. Okay, You've okay, seen an ice right. Skater, okay. right? And 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 an ice skater is is twirling around uh-huh. and, and, and and the fact that they're and, able to do the thing she, and not fall the fuck over and, and she pulls her arms in and she spins really 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 fast right? right so she was spinning and then she pulls her arms in and she spins really really fast and then she puts her arms back out and she stops right, right? and okay. suddenly she's not dead <laughs> what i mean anyway. if i did that that's what would have well, happened to me before. so that's anyway. the impression like, <laughs> so, part of that <laughs> So um, that's conservation of angular momentum. So when things get smaller, they spin faster, basically. Um, So get little I have taken a star (laughs) that literally was a super, that was a a high mass star, right? So something that is, you know, 10 to 20 times as massive as the sun. And I compress that into something the size of a neutron star. We think that neutron stars are about 10 kilometers in diameter and they have masses of between uh, one and three times the mass of the sun. Now, isn't three the black hole number? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I now have this, this star that... Even if it was barely rotating when I first collapsed it, mm-hmm. right? These giant stars, they're, li- they're, they're like bigger than the solar system. And I have now collapsed it into something the size of the Salt Lake Valley. Right. So, so that's going to be spinning really, really fast, right? So this thing is spinning really, really fast, right? And because it's spinning so fast, it develops this super massive magnetic field. And because it has that massive magnetic field, it gets these, these huge jets coming out of it. And um, these jets, so it, as it spins, right, these jets, if, we're, if we happen to be in the right spot, then those jets will be directed towards us and we'll get this pulse and this pulse and this pulse and this pulse. It's like pulse spinning are. something wet. It's like, um, yeah, yeah. How, how the water will come off in kind yeah. of like a weird way. Yeah. In the directional way. Yeah. Or... Um, the a lighthouse is usually the analogy that people use. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, right. Okay. I guess because okay. the spinning and the pulse. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so like, um, you know, some pulsars are like thirty hertz, right? They spin around thirty times a second. Um, others are slower than that. 
Right. Anyway, thirty so, times a second. That's, that's, times that's a pretty second. fast. Good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds totally kosher. <laughs> I would ride that. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, I don't. And then why vomit I'm about neutron stars. Why was just yeah? Because uh, you that. were telling me about your class, and I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So so those are those are a couple of things that I called a zombie star. Now. The white oh Alex wait asked so why about is the threes. neutron star star a zombie star? Did it oh, come back from it, the dead? If a neutron a neutron star can also steal matter from its binary companion, oh, and then that comes shows up oh. as an X ray burst. So would oh. that make it more likely to become a black hole since it's stealing matter? Okay, so the black hole is a complicated thing. So <laughs> hang on. So um yeah. So first of all um. All I know is 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 star get too big and star then it, and big. then it fall down and then physics breaks yeah, so and it, then there's so, no more light. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So so neutron stars can only have masses up to three solar masses. If they if they're more massive than that, then that can't support against the the gravity, um, and then they'll collapse into a black hole. Um, now, whether or not a neutron star will collapse into a black hole if it merges with another star, uh, you're you're now out of my realm of expertise. I think the answer is yes. <laughs> I'm a little relieved that there's something that you don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the white dwarf, um, the mass that it can sustain is is 1.4 solar masses, and so if it is able to get enough mass onto it that it gets beyond that, it will also explode in a supernova. And this is called a type one supernova. Um, and that will actually also fuse a bunch of elements. And so you'll get elements up to, to um, uh, up to iron with that, with that particular explosion. And there's absolutely How big nothing. is iron? Iron is, I don't know, like 42 or something. I mean, like, like, what are some obvious things that are bigger than iron? I guess, um, uh, gold, silver, platinum, mercury. Um, oh, okay. So, so iron's kind of like a a pretty basic metal, as far as the uh, so, creation of the universe goes. Oh, iron is an, essentially incredibly important as far as the creation of the universe goes. Right? I didn't because say that's, unimportant. That's, that's, I said like basic, as in standard, so basic status iron. quo. There, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of iron because that's the place where, um, if you, so the way that the e equals m c squared works, right, is if I take the four protons, I stick them together the total mass of the helium is less than the sum of those four protons. Yeah, is less than the sum of those four protons. So some of that energy was, some of that mass was converted to energy. Right? Uh-huh. Right, Einstein's uh-huh. equals MC squared. I mean, I know the uh-huh. equation. Yes, yes that's, what ha- that's how it works. Okay. Um, and so then I add another nucleon and some additional mass gets converted to energy, but not as much as for that first four. Right, and I add more nucleons, and I keep losing mass every time. Now, why are you losing mass? I'm not losing mass; I'm losing energy. I get less energy. Oh, okay. I that one I can take. Mm -hmm. I can handle that one. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, if I do the other way, right? Think about uranium. Well, uranium releases energy when it breaks apart because the two daughter project products, the two daughter products. Let me think about this. Should I know what uranium is? 
Uranium? I don't know what uranium is. Yeah, like you use it for power plants. Is that... Uranium. Sorry, there's just been so many chemistry words that I think my brain is shutting down. It's like, what's uranium? Help. Okay. I was literally talking like, about uranium the other day when, when I was talking about how I don't like and radon. You, and, and, and you did this, this fallout thing with Heal Utah. Yep. Yep. I know what uranium is. Oh my God. Okay. So this is this is nuclear fission and the uranium is more massive than the two daughter products. Okay. Okay. So again, oh, some of I know that- what nuclear fission is. Okay. okay. Yes, I do understand so, what nuclear fission is. So some of so that's that why ener- we use so nu- some of that uranium. matter was converted into energy. Oh. Okay. okay. So iron is where those two things hit their minimum. Right. Uh-huh. So if I take iron and I add any more nucleons, then I'm going to have to put more matter into the thing than I got out. Uh-huh. Right. And the same if I take anything away. So if I break iron apart, it's going to cost me energy. If I make something heavier than iron, it's going to cost me energy. So it really so iron is, is standard. The, so, yes. So okay. iron is like the... That that lowest point that I can get to. You you sound you sounded like I was offending it by saying it was a basic like that element is basic, but it sounds like it's kind of the thing that the heat death is of the universe is going to end on. Oh, I don't know about that. Everything is iron. Um, probably, probably not because things decompose. (laughs) Oh shit, you're right. Yeah, I guess the heat death becomes. Hydrogen. Uh, electrons, positrons. No, stuff gets <laughs> tinier. Low, 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 low energy photons. Anyway, um, yeah, so so um, if you actually were to Google zombie star, it's not going to talk about these novas at all because um, those are already named novas. They didn't need to be named zombie stars. Um, so... A zombie star, um, like the actual, you know, what is a zombie star? It, so a couple years ago, um, uh, we observed a, what appeared to be a type one supernova, except it didn't produce like nearly as much energy as a normal white dwarf supernova. And so the, the speculation is it didn't completely explode um and so that there's actually a remnant left behind from that supernova explosion supernovas interruptus yeah yeah so normally when you have this type one supernova um it completely obliterates the entire everything right and there's nothing left but in this particular case they think that there might be something left over and so that's what they've called a zombie star oh now i didn't lecture about this in my class because i i was like zombie star bring stars back to life right so i was lecturing about the but the novas but that means that Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so like so like it's like having an explosion where there really is something left over. I yeah, mean, I, that's I what you bring, just explained. I just I thought bringing something back to life felt more like a zombie than having something left over after an explosion. No, no, you're right. Really something coming things. back to life is more of a zombie. <laughs> yes. I just like I'm I am having like a kind of a mind explosion of my of my own over here just wrapping my head around a supernova leaving something behind. 
Well, so a regular type 2 supernova always leaves something behind, right? Whether it's a neutron star or a black hole. But the type 1 supernovas usually leave nothing behind. Wait, so supernovas can leave behind black holes? Yeah, so when a high... So How do we you even have two see types, the light that So escaped. you have two types of supernovas, right? You have the, the type 1, which are the white dwarf supernovas. It's where the white dwarf has stolen so much mass from its companion star that its total mass is greater than this 1.4 solar masses. Uh-huh. And, and, then it, and, and then it completely explodes and there's nothing left over. Like okay. obliterates, gone... Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's what makes it explode. Because um, it boings. Okay. No. That no? was the type two. That's a type two. Oh, guys, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> the first one just <laughs> totally, explodes totally because the mistake. hydrogen builds up on its surface, right? And then it... No, no? That's, that's a new... That's a Nova. Damn it! <laughs> okay. We both suck at physics. <laughs> the thing that makes it become a supernova is... It exceeds what we call the Chandrasekhar limit, um, which is... Oh, yes, the, the Chandrasekhar limit. <laughs> totally know what that is. So I told you the white dwarf is able to support itself against um, collapse by quantum mechanics, right? Okay. And the the quantum mechanics um, that prevents this is basically the... You remember from chemistry that two, two electrons can't have the same quantum numbers? So right. they have to be in different orbitals. Yeah, right? yeah. So in quantum mechanics, um, you can't have two electrons with the same exact energy, right? For an energy like right, right, right. right. That's why you have to have different the, energy the, levels the in the in the in, in in your chemistries. Well, I remember, I remember like two on the first ring, and yeah, but one of them's up and one of them's down, so they have okay, different okay. Numbers. So so it is like that. They're always and and then there's like the four yeah and yeah they're... yeah yeah okay so they okay. really are like spanned okay. okay and it's that they can't boink into each other so um if you have um a white dwarf with a mass of 1.4 solar masses then the your you end up with your last electron having a speed that is now approaching the speed of light. I always kind of assumed that they were always at least approaching the speed of light. No. <laughs> if, if they hit the speed of light, they just not, zoom off and become a, prot not, a not, proton? Not, not when they're bound. Photon. Right? They can't move faster than the speed of light, right? Because nothing can, except for photons, which are both energy and mass and a wave. Both, both, both at the wave same and a time. Particle. Not 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 both energy and oh, mass. <laughs> a wave and a particle. Both a wave and a particle. Okay, so um, if you add one more electron to this system, it will then have to be moving faster than light, which you can't do, and so you can't add one more one more electron to this system. That's the Chandrasekhar limit, and so if you add more mass to the system, it now, in order for the quantum mechanics to support it, has to have electrons that are traveling faster than the speed of light, which doesn't happen, and so that's what causes the explosion. The electrons being off? The fact that the quantum mechanics can no longer support it. Oh, oh. So physics is broken, causes so, the explosion? Yes. <laughs> oh. I guess that makes sense. 
<laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, so when you have a white dwarf supernova explosion, it annihilates everything, and it also produces things like carbon and and we well, already have carbon, oxygen and nitrogen and um, iron because everything produces and, iron and yeah stuff stuff to iron. Um, I don't know why I was telling you about white dwarf supernova explosions. Because there's something left over? There's nothing left over, and usually. Right. Um, but we, we did observe one recently that was a white dwarf supernova. And it was a type 1? But, so so they call it a type 1AX. What in the actual fuck? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't mean so it. offended okay. by that. <laughs> I just, I just, it's already so confusing. It's like, why do you need to subcategorize these? You could just oh. make more categories. Oh, they, 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 ha- they all have subcategories. Okay, sure, why not? <laughs> anyway, um, and the reason, and it did not produce as much energy as it should have. And the reason that this was interesting is because every time one of these supernova explosion occurs, these white dwarf supernova explosions, it occurs in exactly the same way, like exactly the same way, like exactly the same way. And so we're actually able to use that information to figure out how far distant galaxies are by looking for this particular type of supernova explosion. Is and it kind so of like then they counting one, the thunder? Counting beats between Close the thunder enough. and the lightning. Close enough. Okay. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. Nice, you got uh, it, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so seeing this supernova explosion that should have exploded with this much energy and only exploded with that much energy, they're like, oh, that entire thing did not explode. Only part of it exploded. Um, and therefore, there must be something left behind. So that that they called okay. that a zombie star. So that now, was really I think a that's science guess. Disappoint- I think that's disappointing because a zombie star should be, um, you know, one of the Nova stars that died and then came burst. back. To- yes, because yeah. it no. died and came. You back are to obviously life. more correct. Yeah, you are way more correct. correct. I am not a <laughs> physics expert, but I am a horror expert. <laughs> expert, <laughs> yes. Export. I'm pretty sure you said export, I export horror. I definitely said export. <laughs> and having a, a my brain is out of it's just like I have too much physics in me and, now. And, and having having an explosion that um you know leaves behind a remnant is is um not nearly as as zombie as having a dead star come back to life. Yeah, totally. Yeah, having an explosion that Although, leaves behind remnant a remnant a word that you use when you're talking about zombies. Revenant. Revenant. Yeah. Revenant is a kind of. I zombie. think that's more like analogous more of like somebody surviving a shipwreck, you know, like one person floating in on a board. Yeah, it feels like a ghoul. Not a ghoul. Uh, like a ghosty mm-hmm. kind of something, something. Yeah. A poor, sad, like widow ghost. Oh, oh, oh. The, uh, the ghosts that are. What are they? Residual hauntings. Yes, exactly. Where where it's like there was too much like intense emotion and like and like baggage. Something crazy happened here and now it feels icky forever. The the now that like the body and the people and the person is gone, but the haunting that's left over. Mm-hmm. So they should call that a haunted star. There you go. Ooh, <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> no, that's good. We've renamed the stars. It's official. Palm Pitch Pod oh. official stance. 
Anyway. We're physicists Spe- now. Spe- speaking of um, dead stuff left over, um, also on your Instagram, you should post some pictures of the supernova remnants. So after you have a supernova, whether it's a type 1 or a type 2, just like you have that planetary nebula mm-hmm. around a, a regular white dwarf, you end up with the supernova remnant around whatever is there or nothing, depending upon what type of supernova it was, right? And these are also the crazy. Oh, weird, those are pretty. I just Googled them. And those are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're quite lovely. And these things are usually glowing in the X-ray range because of how hot they are. Oh. So, yeah. Okay, so it's called Super... Supernova Remnant. Nova. That's one's okay. pretty. It's orange and teal. Oh, that's what those are. So the those are false colors. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, they're glowing in the X-ray. And so so what these do... aren't real colors. No. Because yes. our eyeballs don't work like that. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I so know how the... eyeball do. <laughs> so what they'll do is they'll take multiple um, pictures in different frequencies of light. Mm-hmm. Or by light, I mean X-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, because and light refers like to the electromagnetic spectrum. And, and, and then they'll, have, they'll say this particular frequency is this purple in this particular so color. are they just oh, okay so it's kind of like dying like uh those black and white like micro electron microscope yada yada that thing so is did i words when you take a picture of something with a heavy heavy microscope it's in black and white and then they color it the, the electron the scanning, electron mic- the scanning electron microscope yeah yeah but basically. then they'll color it and it's all so is the and beautiful is the coloration like totally arbitrary or is it like this is the next it's nearest to- wavelength so the colors are arbitrary um i but think the shapes are so it is totally arbitrary in that um like our understanding they're, of they're, color yeah that that it just was a color that people decided to use but i think there is a system like this frequency is always going to be green and this frequency is always going to be right gray. so it's not completely so arbitrary it is based on like what so the wave looks like, like or frequency no no that that part is arbitrary okay, okay. could we could we compare it to like music where you could where you like go up in octaves music. So yeah. it's it's like it's like changing scale. So, yeah. So this. So what we're looking at here would be so high pitched that you wouldn't be able to hear it. Okay. And so you just put it down on the piano so that you can hear it. Exactly. And and these are yep. dog whistles. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. it's a song in dog whistle. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and we're just making it to be a song in but, human. But what is there something that can hear higher pitches than dog whistle? Because dog whistle is just above. Yeah. Human hearing. Well, I mean, I don't is, like, know what the pitch far above human hearing. I I can't super think of far. any animals. That... Dog whistle. <laughs> dog whistles would be like ultraviolet. <laughs> this is X-ray. Oh right, because the the people that okay, if you are black and white colorblind, you can get a like cyborg enhancement. What? Where they put a thing in your brain. So that you can hear color, and they make it so that you can hear infrared and ultraviolet. Cool, as well as the color spectrum. Do you have to be blind, colorblind, to get the hearing color feature? I imagine like, I want that, that you add-on. probably could get get that, <laughs> but it was like a there. There is a a single human being that I know of. Um, That's probably way expensive. Who is an artist now? Uh, he did a TED talk. 
And he has like, it's like a little thing that comes out of the back of his head. Little antenna? Uh-huh. <laughs> like kind of, yeah. Because it's connected to the back of his head, but he has to see with it, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and he can hear color. And so his, his outfits are wild. They probably sound great to him. I, well, and that's exactly it. He's like, I like really loud, really awesome colors because they, I like what I sound like. And so he, like, he did his TED talk in like a yellow ass shirt with like a purple tie and like bright red shoes. And it was like, homie. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Okay. So basically like, this is, this is a song in a, in a, in a pitch that we can't hear. And so we've scaled it down to where the human ears can hear it. But for eyeballs. Right. Yes. Yeah. I totally. So the shape is totally real. Yes. And the colors are not, not unreal. They're just the wrong pitch. Yes. See, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I totally I can understand totally that. Totally wrap my head around that. I'm more so. Oh, God. I was, oh good. Something I've wrapped my head around. <laughs> I was definitely just hoping there was some more scientific magic I didn't understand, where it was like, if we took these colors into our visible spectrum, this is what they would, you know, extra, extra um, magic. But no, it's okay. There's enough magic. Dude, I am so jealous of the manta shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, manta. Actually, this is probably too high frequency even for manta shrimp to see. Ah, I mean, you manta shrimp. <laughs> oh i said mantis shrimp mantis shrimp mantis shrimp oh mantis. sorry i i said mantis shrimp too it's a it's a utah accent thing they kind of become the same word <laughs> anyway yeah so that that was what i lectured on and then i i ended my lecture with talking about black holes which you know are just weird and horrifying and horrifying and horrifying and yeah so, so is there any i mean is that really a thing like you see on TV all the time, or like whatever, if you watch space shows where people like go through black hole, like black holes are all, Isn't that are, a wormhole? are they really holes? Like, could something really go into it, or is it like? <sighs> okay, yeah. So they're not. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, like I said, the the mass that the neutron star can support, right, is that three solar masses. Yeah. Anything more massive than that, the the quantum mechanics can't support it. And the general relativity says that it collapses to nothing. Um, oh, and hence the hence the it broke physics. Yeah. Because there's the definitely physics. something there. Hence it broke physics. Well, Except for we there isn't. We don't know. Oh, we, we my God. Know. Black holes are um, really scary, guys. That's, that's the thing about them is that we don't know, right? And we will probably never know because um so you know what escape velocity is right like how fast i have to be moving in order to go into to to escape the the earth and go visit the moon right okay i mean i don't know what that is but i get i get it you know you know (laughs) i didn't mean do you know what value the escape velocity of the earth is but i mean it it makes sense that you would have to be moving fast fast enough enough to leave the Yes, yes, exactly. Okay, so um, the what we call the surface of a black hole is the point at which the escape velocity is equal to the speed of light. The surface? Oh! Okay, so basically wherever the black hole eats all of the light and so you can't see it anymore is, is that black hole. And yeah. then everything around it is is fast enough to escape the black hole. 
Well, light or is at fast least, enough. Oh, right. <laughs> Except for the light that the black hole ate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and so that that surface that's called um, the Schwarzschild radius, and it can be really, really close really really small or it could be really really large depending upon how big the black hole is okay um for a standard solar mass size black hole so you know three to five or whatever solar masses um that's going to to be about the same size as a neutron star right okay for something like the um the supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy, you know, this, this is out beyond the, the radius of, or not the radius, Wait, the orbital so radius So a supermassive black hole is a real thing? And not just a Muse oh, album? <laughs> yeah, so, so, so every single galaxy has a supermassive black hole at the center of it. Wait, really? That's how yeah. they're formed? Um, like that's what caused a galaxy to do the no, thing. No, that, that's just where all of the black holes fall to the middle. Um. Wait, so we're not going around it. It it fell in the middle. Well, the middle is where everything is orbiting, right? Because oh. that's where all of the mass is. So there's a supermassive black hole at the center of every galaxy. Uh huh. Whoa. Yeah. Does that mean that there is that kind of like water circling super, the drain? Super super massive. Yeah, that's always how I thought about it. Um, so that's the, the, the drawing that they do to help you understand, um, what's happening with a black hole. But the problem with that is that's a two dimensional drawing and black holes are actually three dimensional objects. Right. And so it would be like, if that was the case, except in three dimensions okay. and not two dimensions. I can wrap my head around that. It's still so, just like womp, 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 womping around the drain in the very center. Yeah. And the scent and the drain goes to itself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so um, the black hole itself, as far as we can tell, right, is a singularity. It is a single point at the center. Um, so the surface then is merely the point at which light can't escape anymore. And you can get, and and the weird the one of the weird things about black holes is that. Um, um, that they well there's lots of weird things about black holes <laughs> um one of the weird things about black holes is something that we call the tidal effects and this is literally the same tidal effects that cause the tides on the earth right um basically the the side the side of the earth that's closer to the moon gets pulled more by the moon than the side of the earth that's far away from the right, moon, right. right? And the earth being a solid thing, the whole thing moves all together. But the ocean not being a solid thing, the, the, the part of the ocean that's closer to the moon gets pulled more than the, than the earth itself, which gets pulled more than the part of the ocean that's on the other side from the moon. And so you end up with this squishing. Yes. It's like okay. a helium balloon in the yeah. car. Okay. How the car um, move and the balloon is like, whoa. Anyway, so that that that's on the scale of the Earth and the moon, right? When you're talking about a black hole, if you get close enough to the black hole, then the difference between my feet and my head is significant enough that it actually stretches me out in, and, it, and it keeps stretching. And that oh, that's me, the spaghettification. That's spaghettification. Oh, oh another and, thing that I'm scared of. And... <laughs> 
And, you know, that, that making me be a little bit longer then increases that tidal force between my feet and my head, and then I get even longer, and then that increases the force between my feet and my head, and eventually I turn into a noodle. Um, and for mm. a super massive black hole like the one at the center of our galaxy, I can actually go inside of the Schwarzschild radius um, and, and not spaghettify yet. Not close enough to spaghettify, even though I'm actually inside the what we consider the black hole and and won't ever be able to escape. I'm not dead yet. Um, where if I have a smaller black hole, I can actually be well outside of the black hole and still spaghettify. And it just has to do with how close I am to the center. So so one is how how far away the black hole eats all of the light. And one is how far away the black hole eats all of the mass. <laughs> um, anything that that's within the the um, anything that's within the surface of the black hole um, is not go- is going to be eaten. It's not going to escape. Okay, um, right. But yeah, that that spaghettification is one of the things that are people like, oh, and this is so cool because you know. Um, and it is, but I, yeah, I never really understood the whole spaghettification thing other than, uh, um, you go in and you get long. Yeah. Yeah. So if I have a small black hole, I can actually get, I would actually spaghettify outside of the Schwarzschild radius where if I have a large black hole, then I would have to be inside of the Schwarzschild radius before I spaghettify. Okay. Either way, I'm going to spaghettify. So, okay. so small black holes actually can, in theory, be more dangerous than a large black hole because... Um, because you don't see it coming. You don't see it coming. Because <laughs> you spaghettify before you get eaten. Anyway, um, other, other wild things about black holes um, is um, you end up with time getting um, warped by it. Space itself gets warped by it. Um, light gets warped by it. Um, did you guys space see and time. time get warped by black holes? Yeah. I understand the space. I mean, uh-huh. I don't. I don't. But I I can wrap my brain around it. I still don't understand time. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there something I with like time, time just go. not being like when you're in like decimalized time, it's like actually like points in space or something like like a time is a measurement for where you are. Something, something. Yeah, and and so, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if I can explain relativity without illustrations. <laughs> That's valid. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I I think trying to explain it over over a podcast, you know, shout out question mark. One of my favorite sci-fi podcasts is called Relativity, and I am very curious how how much you would love or hate that podcast. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, what else about black... People like black holes. There's, there is a point um, outside of the, the surface of the black hole where um, photons actually can be in orbit around it, where the orbital speed is the speed of light, and, and that's called the photon sphere, and that's kind of a cool thing. Did you guys see Interstellar? I did, back when it was they in theaters. Black, they go back 
Yeah, they 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 go to the black hole and and that that image they have of what the black hole looks like is actually is actually about right. Um, I wondered about that when I saw the, it. The yeah, the black hole has such intensive gravity that it actually bends the light all the way around it. Um and so Oh. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I remember with so the black one, hole. Yep. So that's so what this, it looked like in the show, and that's yep. the actual picture. No, 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 no. Okay, so this. Mm-hmm. So this is the actual picture of the Meissner of a black hole. 87 black hole that yeah. we just imaged a couple, last year? Last No, it was a couple years ago. They no, it was it last real year. recent. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah, it took them a full year to analyze the data. Right, I, re- I do um, remember just seeing the step, like. The stacks of like, yeah, of like tiny computer uh-huh. stacks. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, a lot of data. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so the reason that you don't have this thing on that image is uh-huh. we specifically selected a um, galaxy in which we knew that the accretion disk was perpendicular to us, so that oh my we God. wouldn't so get, that we could so, see it yes. flat. So that we so wouldn't that we get could comprehend the, it in our tiny two dimensional brains. No, so that we wouldn't, so that it wouldn't be blocked by the light being lensed around it. So the lens around it is a real thing. Yeah. So that so it it bends the light all the way around it. But it still bends it in a way that we can conceptualize it like two dimensionally. Like it's still on a on a on a grid. So, in this. See, in this particular thing, this light right here doesn't exist. Well, then how is it lit? It bends the light around it. It bends the light, but the light doesn't okay. exist. So the equation <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and and Sunshine's like, what are you guys even looking at? So we're looking at the picture of, of the black hole from Interstellar. Interstellar. Okay, I was okay. looking at black hole and pictures, so but not that case, one. And, oh, yeah. we and were so just in this case, the the the, um, the accretion disk is in the so you're oh so yeah I got it it's in your plane yeah. right so you're looking at it mm-hmm. right and then it has that circle of light around it mm-hmm. that's going perpendicular to it okay that is the black hole bending the light from behind the black hole to around the black hole okay, okay. yes. So the one that we actually looked at, the black hole that we actually looked at, um, we chose it such that the accretion disk was perpendicular to us so that we didn't get that lensing effect so that we could actually see the black hole itself rather than just all of the light being bent around it and blocking the black hole. Right. Cool. Okay. Uh, And that's why we can't see black holes is not just because there's usually... A point in the sky where the light suddenly can't be captured, but also because it bends it, and so it just shines the light back at you. Yeah. So a black hole. So black holes have two things that they could be doing. One is doing is just sitting there and being chill. Um, the, <laughs> just chilling. The, the the black hole at the center of our galaxy. Is it like you a sh- cool black hole, or it's is a, it? It's a it's a chill black <laughs> hole. Yeah. Um, it's currently not in the process of eating anything. Oh, that's very and, nice of it. Thanks. And. <laughs> Well, it, it'll occasionally emit some kind of like look. Black holes uh, gotta eat a, a, a galactic burp type, basically. <laughs> um, uh, but most of the time, it's pretty chill. And you should you should look at the 
videos that we have of um the stars that are orbiting the our black hole they are they are you can legitimately see their orbits you're like oh that is clearly orbiting this thing and this is clearly orbiting that thing and this is clearly orbiting that thing and if you look at the that thing that these things are obviously orbiting there's nothing there it's the black hole that we it's can't see it's the black see. hole it's the black hole that we can't see cool. yes um and then you Sneaky. have and then you have <laughs> black holes like like this um m87 black hole and, and that's the one that we got the picture of. That's recently. the one that we got the picture of. Yes. And it is currently eating something. And that that thing that it's eating is is the bright stuff that you see around it. Oh. And then it has a jet coming out that's actually going almost directly towards us, which is how we knew that we were getting perpendicular to the accretion disk. Okay. And and so then you can't you also So are can't we getting worked on by that black hole? Are, more or less, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's pointed almost directly. What okay. even do black holes burn? Yeah. Just light? No. Um. So because light, yeah. Escape so them. so okay. So you can imagine that you have. Okay. Basically, what happens is you have a star that got too close to the black mm-hmm. hole. All right. Mm-hmm. And so some of the matter off the surface of the star got ripped off. Okay. Okay. Got totally ripped off. Got totally ripped off. All right. Um, well, the the entire star gets shredded. Okay. And so you now have this hot... Is this star spaghettified? This is star spaghettification. <laughs> um, not really. It's, it's, Sorry. Just, it's just accretion disks. Um, oh, yes. Just accretion disks. <laughs> and so this matter from the star um, literally is now orbiting. So the, ar- the star gets ripped apart and the matter is now orbiting the black mm-hmm. hole. Okay. It's falling into it. And it is, it is hot and it is moving right. really fast. Right. Um, and so it starts glowing. Okay. And oh my it's God. also, and, and because it's hot <laughs> and it's moving really fast, right, it becomes ionized. And because it's hot and it's moving really fast and it's ionized and it's moving in a circle, it develops a magnetic field, right? Like yeah. this, for the same reason that, that electromagnetism works. Okay, but because different things are moving at different rates, that magnetic field isn't this nice bar magnet magnetic field that you um, expect from like the like around the Earth, right? You, mm-hmm. You've seen pictures yeah. of the magnetic field around the Earth, right? And it's like this little bar magnet. You're like, cool. Um, this thing gets tangled up because of that differential rotation and that tangled up magnetic field actually produces these jets that are perpendicular to the accretion disk is it because and it's doing the jets, magnet thing where it's like i want to stick to you i hate you i want to run away um it has bigger. to do with the tangling of the magnetic field okay um it produces these jets of energy that are going out perpendicular to the accretion disk um and these for for something we call it an active galactic nuclei this is a black hole that's actively eating something these jets are multiple times larger than the galaxy in which the black hole exists oh holy shit so if our black hole ate something it would be bad yeah yeah, yeah we, we would ex- we, we would be not okay well, you know, it depends on whether the jets are pointed towards us or not, but... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't want to hang out around black holes. Holy shit. Well, now I know. <laughs>
I think my brain exploded. Yeah, that's how I feel. I don't know. I mean, like, our our listeners are used to, like, werewolves. (laughs) It's going to be hard. Yeah. I don't know how much of this is actually usable. (laughs) No, I'd say a lot. I'd say a lot. I think I think a lot of and I and I mean like it's not like our listeners are dumb. We've got plenty of listeners I that know, are gonna I be just... like, oh my god, science! Because so. I mean that's one of the fun things that we do dive into. We just don't dive into it oh, all god, the time. No. <sighs> and also physics is is brain explodey. Yes. Especially astrophysics. Yeah, why that's Oh my god. No. Well, cause like cause like well, I mean, you heard mom talking about the stuff you know like it was like space the biggest thing in the entire ever and then the things that a space made up the littlest thing in the entire ever and like that's that's how you talk about space it is either way way bigger than your brain can comprehend or like way smaller way smaller than your brain can comprehend oh yeah absolutely I don't understand how physicists do this like how are you constantly existing like you're actually conceptually thinking about real stuff that is completely outside of the human brain's ability to actually conceptually think about. So, so one of the things that I do in my class is um, I use um, Phil Plate's book, Death from the Skies, right? And for when I'm talking about cosmology, I literally um, read excerpts from from his chapter on how the universe is going to die and there's (laughs) and so he's talking about like how black holes evaporate which is literally um, you did tell me about evaporation yeah yeah so so it's literally the largest object in the universe evaporating via the slowest process in the universe which is and it electrons popping off right Uh uh-huh yeah yeah and and it like takes 10 to the some many years i can't remember 87 or something bigger than we can comprehend um yeah yeah and he uses the analogy he's like i'm trying i'm trying to paraphrase him he says something like you know if you took the beat of a hummingbird's wings and compared it to something really really big and he's like and and i i don't even got anything now because like the only thing that I could think of would be like if you took the mass of an electron and compared it to the mass of the universe, or no, it's a proton. Take the mass of a proton and compare it to the mass of the universe, right? Then, then that would, you know, be like the time of the universe up until now, until the time of the universe that we're currently talking about. And he's like, and that, 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 you know, is completely useless for an analogy because the point of an analogy is to make something <laughs> make that, more sense, make it more tangible. Yeah, yeah, and 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 where? Yeah, exactly. So, so here I am taking this thing that you cannot comprehend and comparing it to this other, other thing, thing that you, you cannot comprehend, comprehend, and asking you to take the ratio of the two and then say that and then that, use that as your metaphor to help you comprehend. Your metaphor to help you comprehend this other thing that we're currently talking about. And then he says, and it, it's even worse than that because this analogy falls short by a thousand, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a bad analogy. <laughs> Oh my so, God. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's not even a yeah. good metaphor. So, it's not even a good metaphor. It's not, it's, it's, it's not even a good metaphor. 
<laughs> yeah. So so literally, I, and it's and it's fun, right? Because like we're talking about, like Alex said, literally protons, the behavior of individual protons and individual electrons and individual neutrinos, and also the behavior of of clusters of galaxies, right? And and just the scale the is is. I like it. It's all or nothing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. I mean, I guess it just. <sighs> so back to that that podcast, rel- relativity. Uh-huh. Um, the it, it it's a it's a weird concept where they're they're trying to find a different planet, and so they have to travel for like twenty five years on a spaceship that's going. 70% of the speed of light or some uh-huh. shit like that. Uh-huh. And they are maintaining a relationship with Earth with a relativity machine that's on the spaceship. And um, one of the big plot lines is essentially people who view outside of the ship, like look at the universe while they're in a spaceship with that relativity machine kind of see the universe in all of itself and its creation and its forming and its death and then kind of lose their mind. So that tracks. Yeah, (laughs) that tracks. (laughs) Well, so, um, yeah, I I, I kind of avoided the time dilation question because it's like, and... Let's see if I can explain this. Oh, I can't. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, time and space are connected. Um, and the way they're connected is literally by the speed of light. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you think of, of um, like an event happening and then another event happens later. Right, like linear? And another event happens after that. Yeah, yeah. that's how I think right. about time moving. And we call, it, we call it the light cone, and it's basically this, you know, if you have time and space on, on axes, right? So time's this way and space is that way. The light cone is, is, this, is basically the speed mm-hmm. of light, right? And so if something is within that light cone, then two events could be simultaneous or the one could occur before the other or the other one could occur before the first one depending upon your frame of reference and so basically there are places in 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 space and in space where time time happened where, no where where um time is currently happening t- where 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 <laughs> Time is relative. Where time is relative, right? And okay, but people say time is relative, and I've never met somebody that understood that time is relative. They're just like, ah, yes, well, time is relative, and they use that as like a, a way to dismiss their poor behavior or some shit. Alex shows up thirty minutes late to another family function. Oh, well, time is relative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. That that didn't help explain. Nope, it, did that's it? okay though. Sounds fine. <laughs> okay, that fine. was a bad question. My um, you don't have yeah. to explain yeah, relativity I'm just, I'm, to. I'm, I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time. To a bunch of to... horror and true crime podcasters. Yeah, it's fine. We're good. <laughs> we will survive. How how do you measure how do you measure time? 
Anyway. With a so clock. Without, without measuring time. So you have something called your proper time, right? This is the time that I perceive, mm-hmm. okay? Whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm me, right? And whatever time I perceive is my proper time. Now you if looking you at me are going to see a different time. And me looking at you is going to see a different time than what you see mm-hmm. because okay? light and if we're and if we're moving together at the same speed then the time that i see and the time that you see are going to be the same but if we're not doing that if i'm moving faster than you if you're moving away from me if whatever so do we then- just measure by light because light is the fastest thing that move and so that's what we're measuring by because it's like the closest to light, an accurate light, measurement that the, we can get. The speed of light is actually the thing that couples space and time. So that's that's why we use it. Okay. Anyway, so I will always see you moving slower than than me. And you will always see me moving slower than you. Okay. okay. Like how the stars that we see are all and burned so, out by now. No, it, it, it's, it's, by slower, I mean your time. I will see your time moving slower than, than you me. You stop making sense. And you will see my time moving slower than you. Okay. Now this is, this is special relativity. If I throw gravity in, now there is a better, fr- there is a preferred frame of reference. A preferred frame of reference. <laughs> And if I'm in the gravitational well, then I'm in the not preferred frame of reference. And so you're, so I'm, I'm the one that's going to have the, 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 the dilated time. Okay. That said, I'm falling into a black hole. So I really don't care what I think your time is moving like. Um, (laughs) So. I am spaghetti. I don't give a fuck about you. I don't don't give a fuck about your time. Yep. So you will, so I see my time moving just normally and I'm just progressing fine through, through space and I'm falling into a black hole. You see my time slowing down. Okay. So you actually never see me fall into the black hole. Now I just am like, yeah, and now I fall into a black hole and now I'm dead. And you're like, wait, where did Tamara go? (laughs) They didn't fall into the black hole. What's happening there? And what you'll see instead is that I appear to approach the black hole and then freeze. And then the light that's coming from me gets more and more and more red shifted till eventually I fade away and you can't see me. The red shift is actually due to space being pulled into the black hole and the light trying to escape from the, or not even even escaping from the black hole, but traveling away across the space that's being pulled into the black hole and getting stretched apart as, as it does that. And so that's what actually causes that red shift is the light being pulled apart. Oh, okay. So I, I see myself just falling into the black hole and dying and you see me going to the black hole slower, 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 stopping and then fading into nothingness. 
So okay. that's kind of one of the weird things that happens at, at black holes. And of course, then there's the whole space getting pulled into the black hole and Alex's eyes are... Um... <laughs> yeah, her, her uh, video clip. Yeah. Or have I just been making the same horrified face for the last no, 15 minutes? I think you've just been making the same horrified face for the last 15 minutes. Oh, okay. All right. We should we should wrap this up. Yes. I promise not to keep you up past your bedtime. And, and you did, you liar. It's okay. I knew you were lying. I'm always yeah, a liar. I know. At least Sunshine knows I'm always a liar. I don't know how you wrap this stuff up. I, oh, we, we, you're we, fine. We, we randomly, we took all of the tangents we did that's that's common oh, we usually yeah, do this is a totally normal <laughs> yeah. recording session yeah. completely no this is this is why this is why my job is so hard <laughs> and this is why i don't sleep the tangents <laughs> the tangents that i that i take in you my own time I, I say that all the time actually yes i that's yeah. the plan that's move towards that singularity is. and then sleep and then when I'm in choir, I like to say, you'll breathe when you're dead. Huh. Yep. <laughs> They're like, where do you breathe? And I say, breathe when you're dead. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, we did every every single tangent. I hope y'all w- were spooked. <laughs> I feel spooked in a much different way than I have in the past when recording yeah. with you. Does existential horror count as horror? Yes, and I dislike it very much. <laughs> Does does questioning your own existence in 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 your in place space in space and time, time that you clearly don't understand does does that count as horror? <laughs> I think it does completely. <sighs> and this is why I didn't go into physics, in case anybody was wondering. And also, if anybody was wondering why I'm like, oh, I'm not that smart, blah blah blah. My parents. Well, now now you get it. Evidence. <laughs> all right um yeah so that was uh that was a whole thing that was that was so big and so big so big and so big and then also it was so little (laughs) (laughs) um have the entire scale we had the whole scale like the the biggest and the littlest that you could opt that you could physically get ever jesus so i hope you enjoyed Questioning existence. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be another good podcast. Questioning existence. Your mom could just host it and Questioning talk existence. science. My mom could okay. just could just blather about science while I sit there with my mouth gaping, being like, "Wait, so how does the sun work?" <laughs> <sighs> All right. <laughs> I'm attempted to end this like yes, eight times. Let me go to bed. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let sunshine go to bed. All right. Okay. So all of the things. Um. Blah blah blah. Follow us on on the things with the Palm Pitch Pod and the Cast Junkie Discord server and the Patreon for the money for loving us and the <laughs> reviews and the say hi um, and um and and the wow and the wow so big wow um god my brain fell i think out. it's gonna Mom. be really entertaining for Rude. our listeners to to he- see you <laughs> to hear you like this it's not usually you're so oh, relatively yeah. composed am i am i so relatively so relatively composed yes <laughs> all right um i think i think that's it 
thank you, mommy dearest. Yes, thank you. <laughs> coming and and exploding our minds with science. <laughs> it, Yay. It, it was painful yet fantastic. I'm, I'm I think I'll probably sleep on it and dream of stars. And probably not in a probably oh, not in a oh, nice good. comforting way. <laughs> <laughs> oh stars. Oh stars. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't even talk about getting deep spaced. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go find my dog right. and go to bed. I literally have nightmares about that. Okay. Love, Love you. Bye. 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 <laughs>